Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As diehard conservative. to this guy for wisdom. Well, another Joe Biden prediction failed to materialize. That's uh, bombs dropping on Kiev. The Russians invading Ukraine. That was supposed to happen today. It could happen today. That's what Joe Biden said five days ago. And here we go again. He's adding to his tally of never getting anything correct. Nothing. It really, look, he should apply for a Guinness world record for predictions, the most predictions that never come true. That he could actually meet. That could go in the Guinness world records for him. Nothing positive, just negative. But there we go. And you know what it's looking like more and more? This was a big distraction. If you think about the bombshell report that came from John Durham, the indictments that are proving, and don't let the media screw with you on this, okay? They're going to keep telling you, and they're already doing it, oh, this is just a conspiracy theory still. Even despite the existence now of evidence that the Hillary Clinton campaign spied on the Trump campaign, and that spying continued after he was in office. They spied not only on an aspiring presidential candidate or aspiring president of the United States, but they also continued spying on an actual president of the United States. Big stuff. But Jimmy Kimmel's out there mocking it, saying this is a, a big nothing burger, trying to downplay it. Look, I don't want you to get depressed out there. That's what I want to I want to get I want to make clear to you today. Do not get depressed. Don't let the media or the Democrats shape your reality. All right? What they because they say something doesn't make it true as we know. Just because they talk about it doesn't make it real and just because they don't talk about it doesn't mean it's not real. The media and the Democrats are desperate. Are desperate. I want to get into some of these poll numbers real quick with you. You know, a majority, 51% of Democratic and Democratic-leaning voters, they said they'd rather see the party, the Democrat Party, nominate a different candidate instead of Joe Biden in 2024. And this is what I want to tell you about a little positivity, positivity today, to laugh together for a little bit here, all right? I'm, uh, I'm rip-rearing. I'm, 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 I'm ready to go. And I want to have a little fun, a little bit of lightheartedness. But CNN, CNN is so stupid. CNN is so desperate. And they, they believe their readership and viewership is so dumb that they'll buy this garbage. So CNN is trying to spin this. The fact that Joe Biden, there's no way he's running for president in 2024. No way they're going to let that happen. Because... I mean, I'm telling you what, I don't think there are enough votes they could steal this time to put this guy in office. And that's saying a lot. But get ready to laugh. All right, so 51% of Democratic and Democratic-leaning voters said they'd rather see the party nominate a different candidate instead of Joe Biden in 2024, right? So here we go. In the CNN story covering this, they say, all told, just 12% of Democratic-aligned voters have a candidate other than Biden in mind for 2024. So only 12% of Democrats, voters, 
have a candidate other than Biden in mind. Does that sound like a positive spin to you? Can you find something positive in that? Only 12% of Democrat voters. You know, when I hear only 12% of Democrat leaning voters can think of a candidate other than Joe Biden, I don't see positivity. I see a, a party that is in absolute disarray, a party that they don't even have anybody. They are so weak. They are so misguided. They are in so much trouble that they can't even think of somebody better than Joe Biden. That's what this tells me, but not to CNN. CNN, this is good news that only 12% of Democrat voters can think of somebody other than Joe Biden to run in 2024. Now, I'm going to read this to you. Bear with me. You're not really going to have to bear with me. You're going to enjoy this. Eat this up. I'm going to read from the CNN headline because they make one of the dumbest analogies in the history of analogies relating to this plummeting approval and the fact that Democrats don't want him and just 12% can think of somebody to replace him. Here we go. Think of it this way. You go to a restaurant. You order the fish. Your entree comes. You are roughly halfway through eating it, and it tastes a little too fishy to you. The waiter comes over and asks whether you would like to keep eating your fish or whether you would like a different entree. At that point, your mind likely scans through your ideal entree, whether or not they have it on the menu. Your chances of scrapping your current food to go for the new entree, whatever it is you have conjured in your mind, is high. Now, consider the same scenario, except that when you are halfway done with the two fishy fish, the waiter comes over and says, that they would be happy to exchange your fish for the chicken entree. Now, you already chose the fish over the chicken for some reason. Maybe you didn't like how it was prepared, or maybe you just didn't feel like chicken. You are far more likely to stick with the fish in this scenario. These people are actually proving the point about how bad it is, and they don't even know it. So Biden's fish, <laughs> in this analogy, Biden, Biden is fish. And perhaps another candidate is chicken, but you're a pescatarian. So Biden's the best option you have. So if you knew, for example, that maybe, I don't know, uh, Joe, what's his name? A Pete, Mayor Pete Buttigieg. If he was your other option, maybe you'd stick with Joe Biden because, well, Joe Biden's better than Pete. So ridiculous. And the fact is, you have Hillary Clinton amidst this bombshell report that she should very much go to prison. You have this bombshell report that her campaign spied on the Trump campaign. And she wants to run for president. That is how bad it is. She got shellacked in 2016. And remember, this goes back to my point about don't listen to the media. Do not listen to the media. Listen to me, your bolo tie wearing, cowboy hat wearing, truth teller here in the communist state of California. Don't let this appearance fool you. It is not a facade. I am Texas bred, choosing at this moment to live in this communist state to fight the good fight here and warn you about what's in, in store for you if these horrendous Democrat ideas and policies continue to come out of the federal government 
and replace your state governments, this is what's in store for you. So anyway, so it's so bad, though, that uh, that, that CNN is running a headline saying it's actually good news, you know, that that um, Joe Biden. Joe Biden, uh, in the midst of his disastrous first year, that other Democrats can't think of anyone better to replace him. That's not good news, folks, for the Democrats out there. That's very bad news. Joe Biden is the best you've got. But then here comes Hillary Clinton trying to vie for it. And this is laughable, too. Someone who was just absolutely demolished in 2016. Somebody who was scandal ridden. Somebody who come the midterms, if we take back the House and the Senate. There should be absolutely be investigations, by the way. This is how bad it is for the Democrats. This is why the theme of this show today is don't listen to the media. They're a bunch of liars and they want to reshape your reality because it's not good for them. They want to create a new reality. So here we go. So there was a survey, a survey that was conducted by uh, Technometrica. They're an institute of policy and politics in New Jersey. And so uh, last month they polled uh, a group of Americans about the investigation by special counsel John Durham into the FBI's probe of Trump's alleged links to Russia during the 2016 presidential campaign. Nearly three out of four of those polled, 75%, who are following the story, said they think it's important prosecutors investigate Clinton for her, her role in the Russiagate scandal, along with her top campaign advisors. That includes two-thirds, or 66%, of the Democrats polled who said they have been keeping up with the case. Now, admittedly, I don't have a lot of faith that there are a lot of Democrats keeping up with this case. Uh, they're probably the ones watching the Jimmy Kimmel non-comedy show who is ridiculing and mocking this investigation, laughing, trying to turn the tables and project and saying that, oh, this is an invented scandal. These people are, uh, I mean, reprehensible is one word for them. But they're clowns. They're clowns and they don't even realize it. So by the way, Joe Biden, his approval right now, at roughly this time back in uh, Barack Obama's presidency, almost eight in 10 Democrats and Democratic-leaning voters, that's 79% wanted the party to renominate him. But don't worry, don't worry. You know, the fact that 51% of Democrats and Democratic-leaning people don't want Biden to be the nominee again in 2024, well, that's not bad news. It's not bad news. Just listen to us. I mean, obviously it's bad news, but we're telling you it's, it's actually good news. So just don't think, turn off your brains because that's what we need and depend upon of our voter base. If you're a Democrat, just, just let us think for you. Don't think for yourselves. You mustn't think for yourselves. So it's so bad for the Democrats, right? That they are mulling, not Mueller, they're mulling over this idea of getting rid of the federal gas tax for a year. So basically, it's a little bit more for diesel gasoline, but for regular gasoline, there's an 18.4 cent tax per gallon 
that we pay at the pump. And that's a federal tax. And so they're considering the Democrats suspending the federal gas tax for a year. And this is so funny to me because this is having them. I mean, they're they're their brains are going to explode or implode or something. Think about, think about it. I mean, we know the reason that we're in this situation is that the Biden regime has done everything in their power to force us to be dependent upon OPEC, foreign gasoline again. We were, well, we were a gas independent nation, a net exporter for the first time in a very long time under the Trump administration. We not only had plenty of uh, oil and gas for ourselves, we had enough to export to the rest of the world. And of, of course, the moment Joe Biden came into office that first day, he nixed, canceled the Keystone pipeline that would have brought crude here. And then he went about making it cost prohibitive and basically canceling permits so that basically all of that work that was underway, all of the drilling that was taking place, all of the drilling that was going to continue taking place or start taking place, well, he stopped it. He forbid it from happening. And so, of course, what happened, just like that, you know, if there was a pipe and gas was just pouring out, he shut it off. He shut it off, shut off the supply. So here we are. The gas prices have soared. It's not because of greedy corporations and companies. That's a stupid, stupid argument for stupid, stupid people. It's a supply and demand issue. And now we don't have much supply because of Joe Biden. But of course, they have to do this, right? Because they're climate changers. You know, gas, oil production, natural gas, even though natural gas is the cleanest, cleanest of the energy forms. Well, we have to eliminate this. So what if the gas prices go up? We want to convert to electric vehicles anyway. Even though those electric batteries, we can't discard them. We can't get rid of them. Even though we have to destroy the earth, and use a little African children to mine for cobalt that's absolutely necessary to make these, uh, these engines, these batteries. Even though electricity doesn't come from nowhere, even though we need these other resources that are dirty and filthy to actually power the electric vehicles, but nonetheless, they're on their campaign to save the earth as we know it because you know, 10 years ago, Manhattan was going to be underwater if we didn't stop. Wait. Manhattan's not underwater. Oh, man. Shoot. And in the 70s, they said a nuclear winter was going to destroy us because the earth was cooling. And then all those poor retailers that sold, you know, winter apparel, they were shocked to learn that their stock prices might have gone down when the global warming fanatics stepped in and said, um, Actually, guys, the earth is warming. So uh, put your ski clothes away. We're all going to die a fiery death because of carbon dioxide. We know we were wrong for 30 years. We know we lied, but we weren't lying. We just got it wrong. And now we've decided it's global warming. But when it's cool, we'd ignore that. Uh, the polar vortex, you know, that's also climate change. It's not global warming, but it's climate change. We don't know how it's related to carbon dioxide, but it's somehow just don't think about it. Just listen to us. We know the earth is 4.54 billion years old, and we only have a 141 years of surface temperature data to measure, but based on 141 years of data out of a 4.54 billion year history, we are absolutely certain, do not question us, that mankind is responsible for all changes in weather. Wait, but, but what about all the earthquakes and hurricanes and the flooding that took place like, I don't know, 
thousand years ago that was worse than it is today. Don't add, don't ask that question. You can't ask that question. So anyway, the Democrats, it's going to be tough for them. So on the one hand, they're acknowledging that their policies are, well, they're creating a mass exodus from the Democrat Party. Every American, for the most part, drives. Our country, our economy depends upon gas. And amidst of inflation and everything else, Americans are hurting because of the gas prices. And so the fact that the Democrats are mulling, doing that, which. I mean, look, the Democrats, they live to raise taxes. It's all about taxes. They can never get enough taxes. And now now they're mulling over the idea. That they might eliminate the federal a tax, they're going to eliminate a tax, 18.4 cents on gasoline. That's how desperate they are. But then they're torn because then they're contributing to climate change. Boy, oh boy, I'd hate to be a Democrat. What a life. What a miserable life. The choices they have to make, huh? Every day. So anyway, they're mulling. You know, they're considering this idea, mulling over uh, getting rid of this gas tax. AOC will not be happy, by the way. AOC is going to lose her mind. Maybe the media will finally come to their senses and destroy the AOC machine that they created. They can do it, by the way. They can destroy her. Unlike Joe Rogan, unlike me, unlike others out there who have actually built their own audiences and followings from the ground up and have a loyal base, AOC doesn't have a loyal base. She has what the media has created for her, and they can destroy her. We'll see. I think her time will still come, by the way. I do think that, that the time will come when AOC becomes a problem. And if so, they'll get rid of her. So I want to tell you, the midterm strategy for the Democrats is very clear now. Um, they're trying to fabricate success stories, of course, with COVID kind of winding down. They're having a hard time dealing with this, too, just like the climate change and getting rid of this potential federal gas tax. So it's, we don't know exactly what their move's going to be. But nonetheless, they're trying to fabricate success stories. You know, uh, the lifting of mass mandates or whatever else in these Democrat-run states. Well, that's a result of Joe Biden. We can only do this because Joe Biden handled the pandemic so well. He handled, handled it so well that more Americans died with the vaccines under the Biden regime than died under Trump without vaccines. But don't think for yourself. Joe Biden's the greatest president in American history. So they fabricated these failures for Trump, of course, fabricated failures for Trump, and they're trying to fabricate success stories for him. And uh, they're going to continue the distraction campaign because all they have in the midst of their glaring failures is this effort underway to continue to focus on Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not the president of the United States anymore. And the Democrats were so confident there was no theft. No cheating went on. He got 81 million votes, Joe Biden, that is, the most popular president in American history. And they're still attacking Trump. Why are they attacking Trump if they are so confident that everyone hates Donald Trump? If they're so confident that they won the election fair and square, that it was so easy for Joe Biden to come in and win, it's a no-brainer. Donald Trump was Hitler. Nobody was going to vote for him. Yeah, he may have gotten 12, 15 more mil million more votes than he did in 2016, but 
Nobody can stop the Biden machine, baby. 81 million votes, more popular than any Democrat in American history. But they're still focused on destroying Donald Trump. Something doesn't add up to me there. Where's the confidence? Why the need to talk about Trump? Well, we know why. Because scandal after scandal is coming out. It's not just the failures. It's the Durham report. You know, it's interesting to get back to what's going on. It was very strange to me, right? It was probably strange to you, too. All of this conflicting intel, right? Ukraine didn't seem particularly perturbed or concerned that they were under the immediate threat of an, in, of an invasion from Russia. In fact, they deal with this imminent threat every day of their lives, just like Israel deals with their neighbors in the Middle East. Hamas, these people. But for some reason, Joe Biden continued to put out disinformation that was saying, for example, that as of today, Russia would be invading Ukraine. That was the intel he had. And the Ukrainian prime minister said, or president said, uh, no, not so fast. And he's still pushing this, but he's been pushing this harder and harder. And it's been in the news. It's been covered by the mainstream media ahead of what? The Durham revelations. And so we're going to see more of this because they don't want this story getting out there. They're trying to cover their tracks. They're trying to hide, hide all of their criminal, illegal behavior. And so they're looking for more nothing stories. I'll give you an example of one. Well, the White House, by the way, as of today, so they're still pushing the January 6th committee. They're still trying to investigate. I mean, this is, this is just so incredible to me. Uh, they already impeached Donald Trump for inciting an insurrection, and he was found not guilty. And so then they put together the fake January 6th committee to find evidence that he incited an insurrection after he was already found not guilty of doing it. So now they want all the visitor logs to the White House from January 6th. And Donald Trump doesn't want to give them to him. And I'll tell you why he doesn't want to give them to him. It's not because there's anything to hide, per se. It's because the Democrats have weaponized Congress, weaponized these committees to attack and destroy their political opponents, which are friends of Trump, which are good, God-fearing Americans that didn't do anything wrong. And we saw what the Democrat Party did to anyone associated, whether it was Michael Flynn or other people. They went after these people viciously and destroyed their lives. Here's the big secret about this. If you get subpoenaed by this January 6th committee and have to appear before them, do you know you have to pay a lawyer to be there with you? Do you know how much lawyers cost? These people that are being subpoenaed, they're not all multi-multi-millionaires with infinite resources. This is what happened with Flint. They got him in legal fees. They brought him to his knees in legal fees. They threatened to go after his son. And that's what they're doing to these people. And so they want their visitor log so they can add to their list of people to subpoena. And it's amoral, it's unethical, it's wrong. I mean, they're chasing something that they have made up their mind about anyway with this witch, witch hunt that he did commit or inside an insurrection, but we know he didn't. But still they're going after him. And here's the kicker too. So the White House, by the way, the call logs 
All right. Not the visitor logs. All right. The call logs. Right. Remember, they they got the uh, the text messages, the phone calls from Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, whoever else that were made to Mark Meadows and other people. And then Adam Schiff and these people even altered what was in the text messages. I mean, this is the thing. These people should be in prison for what they've done, trying to frame it. This goes back to what Hillary Clinton did from the beginning. This is still what the Democrats are doing. Hillary Clinton framed Donald Trump. The hackers she paid, the tech executive she paid, they hacked into Alpha Bank in Moscow and made it look like their servers were communicating with a domain at Trump Tower or other Trump properties. It didn't happen. They literally hacked into this bank and made it look like they framed him. And that's what they've been trying to do all along with all of this. So anyway, none of these these uh, calls that they've been able to look at or monitor have produced anything. And frankly, the president wasn't on the phone. So he didn't make any personal calls to even subpoena or get a hold of. And so it's it's a dead end for them. And so because that's a dead end, because they're saying they're looking, you know what they want? They want a phone call with Donald Trump that says, uh, hey, I love this insurrection. This insurrection's awesome. I hope they get into the Capitol building. I hope they get in there and uh, prop their feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk. This is great. I'm loving this. But that didn't happen. And so now here's here's how CNN presents it, just to give you an idea. The lack of information about Trump's personal calls is a particular challenge as the investigators work to discern what the then president was doing in the White House as supporters violently beat police, broke into the Capitol and interrupted the Congressional. What was he doing? What was he doing? We need to know. So that's what they're doing. All right. Here's the other thing. So 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 focused on Donald Trump, are they? Here's a headline. National Archives retrieved 15 boxes of Trump White House documents from Mar-a-Lago. Ooh, doesn't that sound sinister? The National Archives retrieved 15 boxes of Trump White House documents from Mar-a-Lago. Criminal, right? Oh, my gosh. Bring him in. Put him in prison. He had some boxes that he had to return to the National Archives. The National Archives... Here's the materials that Donald Trump apparently had. National security threat, don't you know? So the materials in these boxes included the original versions of a letter that former President Barack Obama had left for Mr. Trump when he was first sworn in. Oh, my gosh. The public deserves that letter. When Trump builds his presidential library or whatever, the National Archives must have this letter. Who cares? Great. Give it back. He did. What else did he have? Oh, correspondence from the North Korean leader, Kim Jong-un. Oh, wow. Kim Jong-un sent Donald Trump a letter and he had it in his boxes of things. But, you know, whatever. Give it to the National Archives so they can they can keep it. The items also included a map Mr. Trump famously drew on with a black Sharpie marker to demonstrate the track of Hurricane Dorian heading toward Alabama. You know, they practically ran Donald Trump out of Washington, D.C. with pitchforks. And so he grabs up a bunch of his personal belongings. Letters are in there, whatever else. He brings them home. 
And so the National Archives calls and says, hey, we want to go through some of the things that you have. Maybe, um, you know, we we should be preserving those as a matter of law. And he gives them back. Do you remember Hillary Clinton back in 2001 when she was leaving the White House? You know, she stole from the White House $190,000 worth of China, flatware, rugs, televisions, sofas. She stole furniture from the White House and took it to their own home. And they had to return it. You know what? You know what Clinton took, by the way? She took a, a kitchen table. This is going back to 2001. I think it's an NBC story. A kitchen table and four chairs valued at $3,650 from Lee Fix of Cincinnati, Ohio. A $1,000 needlepoint rug, two sofas, an easy chair, an ottoman worth nearly $20,000. Lamps valued at $1,100. And nearly $3,000 a nearly $3,000 sofa from Brad No, a businessman from California. So she returned all these items. But the Clintons tried to rob the White House, tried to steal furniture from the White House and use it in their own homes. I cannot take it with these Democrats. And frankly, their base of mind-numbed robots who listen to this stuff and think there's an issue here, that Trump did something wrong. This is what they have on Trump. Think about this. What if the media spent 1% of the time actually following and doing journalism on, I don't know, 10% for the big guy, the Hunter Biden laptop, the paintings he's selling to the Chinese on the black market, Hillary Clinton, what she did. I mean, all of these things. I mean, Afghanistan, finding out, for example, uh, why our own government lied to us and told us that they killed two high-level ISIS-K planners. They repeated that lie, and then we found out they murdered seven children. I think it was nearly a dozen innocent Afghanis in a drone strike, and then they claimed they'd killed two high-level. Why doesn't the media follow these things? Instead, here we go, the big hard-hitting news from these faux journalists, these propagandists. Oh, my gosh. Donald Trump had to return a letter that Barack Obama sent him to the National Archives. And that I'm supposed to be upset about. But Hillary Clinton spying on the Trump administration, the fact that a, a sitting president of the United States was spied upon by the government and the FBI, the CIA, the Clintons, the Democrat Party, all of them, the machine, they all were in on it. And I'm supposed to care because the National Archives, I, I don't know, maybe he took a roll of toilet paper from the White House too. I guess that would be an impeachable offense, right? My gosh. Anyway, I'm not going to play it right now because I'm trying this new video format. So if you're listening to me, uh, this is the debut episode of you staring at my uh, uh, a gorgeous face, my gorgeous hat, my gorgeous bolo tie, seeing me in all my, my Texan glory, living in this communist state. So you can not only hear this voice booming through your audio device, but you can see this beauty emanating from your screens now as well. And this is going to go up on Rumble. I'm not using YouTube, that communist platform that will censor me. Everything's going through Rumble. Rumble's the future. And, uh, you know, this is a, a broader point. I'm not going to get into too much here, but, you know, one means of which we can fight back against these tyrants is not to use them. 
to make them suffer in terms of financials. You know, if 50% of YouTube's users were, I don't know, you don't even have to be conservative, just somebody who had a problem with censorship and, and, and these organizations that disrespect the Constitution and the First Amendment right, don't use them. If 50% of the traffic left, they would be hurt. Go to Rumble. I'll take you there. I'll meet you there. So anyway, not too long ago, Jin Psaki, uh, she basically mocked, uh, you know, look, there have been, there's been a proliferation of violence and murders in America because of the soft on crime policies. What is that? Allowing bail for criminals, putting them back on the streets, not taking them seriously, not taking crime and criminal behavior seriously. And you put them back on the street. And what happens time and time again? There's a murder. There's a robbery. The person is arrested and you find out, well, they've been arrested a dozen other times and they were allowed bail. Nothing happened to them. They just got put back on the street. And in the face of, of really, you know, there are parents out there who have lost their children to this soft on crime policy in Democrat run cities. Had their children murdered, lost them, had a child die before the parents. Absolutely tragic, absolutely sick. I cannot imagine. And Jin Saki mocked it in an interview. Mocked this sock. What does that even mean, soft on crime? <laughs> How's my red orange hair? How is it? How's the tent today? Well, I don't think that um I don't think that Christina Yuna Lee, her family's laughing today, Jin Saki. This is a 35-year-old woman in New York. She was followed into her apartment in Chinatown by a 25-year-old male named Asimad Nash. And he used one of her own kitchen knives to stab her repeatedly and murder her. He was a career criminal. He had at least a dozen arrests in New York and New Jersey, going back to 2012. On September 28th, this is last year, not long ago, he punched a guy named David Elliott, who was 63 years old, in the face after he swiped a woman's Metro card at the Grand Street subway station, telling him, I'm going to punch you if you swipe her. And uh, David Elliott, by the way, this is great. So he's watching the news, right, in New York. He lives in New York. He's already one of the previous victims of this guy, Asimad Nash, who committed the murder. So he's watching the news at 5 o'clock. And he sees the news story break of them taking this murderer, Asimad Nash, out of the apartment complex. And, and David Elliott says, that's the guy that effing hit me. Imagine. This guy's gotten away with it time and time again. And if that guy had not been put on the streets, this woman would be alive. Criminals are the problem in America. And by the way, he didn't use a gun. He used a knife. So they won't be calling for taking law-abiding citizens' guns away for this one, I guess. 
But we have a proliferation of crime and evil in this country. That is at the root of all of this. This guy was arrested, by the way, Asamad, twice in 2014 for robbery, an unlawful possession of a firearm. He was busted as a minor for burglary and criminal. You can predict this kind of thing is going to happen. And yet we allow these. Well, we don't. But these evil Democrats put them back on the streets. But that's not all. We had um, in Louisville, Kentucky. There's a Black Lives Matter guy, young man. Who. uh, Well, he tried to kill a Democrat, white, Jewish. uh, Politician. So let me find this here. All right, here we go. Quintez Brown is the guy's name. So Quintez Brown is a 21-year-old civil rights activist. He's a former intern and editorial columnist in Louisville for the Courier Journal. He's also a gun control activist. So get this. He wrote one time, your life has no meaning to the irresponsible politicians in Frankfurt who time and time again choose the National Rifle Association over your life. And this guy, by the way, Brown, also recently announced he was running for city council. And he walked into the office of uh, Craig Greenberg and he fired off shots from a Glock, I believe it was, and thankfully no one was hit by a bullet. But he attempted murder And this is another guy who's out on bail, will be out on bail. Get this, a Louisville bail fund organization is planning to pay the bond for a man charged with the attempted murder of a mayoral candidate. Chanel Helm, an organizer for Black Lives Matter Louisville, said Wednesday that the Louisville Community Bail Fund is planning to pay the $100,000 bond set for Quintez Brown. So they're going to bail this guy out. BLM guy. BLM. And, you know, they're already calling. Let's see here. I mean, I don't know. I got to take a sip here. Hold on. I mean, this is what we're dealing with. You know, this takes me back to the other BLM activists. Boy, these BLM activists, they're a bunch of murderers, aren't they? Um. Oh, this guy, by the way, I was going to tell you, Quintez Brown, who tried to murder this Democrat mayoral candidate and Jew. Um, well, he once was interviewed by Joy Reed, Joyless Reed. He was interviewed by her. And um, this guy, uh, you know, it's just amazing. Here you have this guy who's anti-gun. He claims, and then he uses a gun to try and carry out a murder. But it was interesting before I get into this last story. um, This is how sick critical race theory is and why we oppose it. This guy basically is a prime indoctrinated critical race theory guy, Quintez Brown. He believes in pan-Africanism, which basically is critical race theory in many ways, which claims that, of course, blacks are the perpetual victims of white people. Pan-Africanism was the attempt to create a sense of brotherhood 
and collaboration among all people of African descent, whether they lived inside or outside Africa. This is the big myth. If you have black skin, even though you've never been to Africa, even though you were born and raised here, well, somehow, if you have black skin, you're part of a brotherhood around the world. Imagine if I said this. I believe it would sound very Nazi-esque. You know, I believe in, a, I don't know, pan-whiteism, pan-Europeanism. You know, I want to create a sense of brotherhood and collaboration among all white people, no matter where they're from. All of us white people got to stick together. It's insane. It's insane, and it creates this terrorist organization named BLM. And this guy tried to murder somebody. Will there be calls for Joy Reid to step down? You know, there's more evidence that Joy Reid incited this attempted murder than there is that Donald Trump incited any insurrection. You know, the real danger is on the left. You know, the DHS is trying to label people like me, domestic terrorists, for talking about these issues, for speaking out against the government, for speaking the truth. But we don't preach violence. We don't promote violence. Actually, what we promote is unity. What we promote uplifts all Americans. What we promote is unity under the American flag. And the Democrats promote disunity, promote uh, uh, factionalism. They promote hatred. They promote this victim ideology. They create barriers between people, make people hate one another. And yet they're the ones whose language is responsible time and time again for violence. Remember, what's his name? Daryl uh, Brooks? Is that the guy who mowed over the children at the Waukesha Christmas parade? He was a BLM guy. Which I'm going to get to that story in a second. Well, my point about that story. So Remington, this is bad news, folks. Remington just paid out $73 million in a settlement to families. Nine families, I believe it was, of the Sandy Hook shooting victims. Because Remington, don't you know, manufactured the Bushmaster AR-15 that was used by Adam Lanza, the 20-year-old who shot up a school in 2012. I think that we should sue the people in Waukesha who were hit by that Daryl Brooks BLM terrorist in his car. They should sue Ford Motors. You know why? Because Daryl Brooks used a maroon 2010 Ford Escape to mow down a crowd of children in Waukesha at that Christmas parade last year. Ford must be held accountable because Ford provided the weapon. Is that how this works? How about the Boeing plane or planes that were used to attack the World Trade Centers? Do we sue Boeing for that because the plane was used? How about the knife company that was used? to murder that poor, sweet girl, 35 years old, Christina, in New York just recently. This is so ridiculous. All right. I want to end with this story today. So the Freedom Convoy in Canada has been under attack. Trudeau has declared himself uh, Canada's Hitler. 
and he has seized the civil liberties of all Canadians in the name of defending Canada. That's right. He suspended their civil liberties. And um, we had a hack recently. Give Send Go. Give Send Go is the donor platform, the crowdfunding platform that, well, patriotic individuals, both Americans and Canadians, who wanted to donate to the cause of the Freedom Convoy, well, after GoFundMe revealed themselves to be communists and tyrants and tried to steal their money and freeze it, they went to Give Send Go, a Christian-based crowdfunding platform. And they raised nearly $10 million. And they were hacked just the other day. Targeted, hacked. And uh, basically, here's what happened. And then I'm going to tell you a story about somebody affected by this. So a woman named Juliana, this is just one part. This happened to, I think, everyone who donated. But a woman named Tammy Giuliani. She made a donation to the truckers on Give, Send, Go on February 5th. And then since this donation service was hacked by a group called Distributed Denial of Secrets, which exposed the names, email addresses, and zip codes of donors to the Freedom Convoy, that was leaked. Twitter, by the way, violating their own policies, allowed this to be... uh, uh, well, put out there on Twitter. They didn't shut it down. They allowed for this information to get out there. They doxed these people to try and scare them. And it did work. So Tammy Giuliani was on this list. And I think she donated $250. And she's got a restaurant in Ottawa. It's, it's a popular restaurant, apparently, called the Stella Luna Gelato Cafe. Well, she was forced to close on Tuesday because of threats of violence. The threats of violence, you notice they never come from our side. Here you have the convoy for freedom, the protesters, the truckers for freedom in Canada who are not violent at all, who've been totally peaceful and who are violent, the government Trudeau and the people that are against them. There they are peacefully protesting. And then you have some hackers come along, dox these people who donated to the campaigns donated to support the truckers, and they are under threats of violence, and yet the Freedom Convoy hasn't done anything, and the Canadian government and the tyrants around the world, especially in this country too, Biden regime, everyone who hates freedom, hates those of us who speak out, they are smiling today because violent threats are being made against those who support. You know, they don't have a problem with violence. They embrace violence. They actually love violence as long as it is used effectively to silence their political opposition. Over $2.2 billion in damage done around this country by BLM. They just offered vociferous, loud, unapologetic support for BLM a violent terrorist organization, Marxist organization, but the Freedom Convoy, you see, oh no, we can't tolerate that. It's peaceful protest, but no, no, no. Don't believe your lying eyes. It's violent. It's a threat to democracy. So this woman, Tammy Giuliani, 
On Monday night, she received an urgent call from her staff. She told the Ottawa citizen an employee told her they're threatening to throw bricks through our window. They're threatening to come and get us. So Giuliani tells her staff, lock up, go home. She reports the incident to the police. By the way, these are the same police that I believe have been nationalized by Trudeau to become the uh, SS under these new emergency powers. I'm sure the uh, police were very concerned that she received threats when the police are being tasked with shutting down these peaceful protests. Conflict there, isn't it? I cannot imagine being a police officer right now there. No patriotic Canadian who is a good and decent human being, and I don't care, don't give me the excuse of it's your job. It's your job. You know, morality, morality, principle is more important than your job. What these police officers are doing, those that are coming and shutting down these protesters, arresting them, fining them and everything else, they're no different than those in America before the civil rights movement, during the civil rights movement, who use fire hoses against black people who are protesting peacefully. They're no different than those police officers. Oh, it's my job. The government says so. That's not an excuse. Man up. Man up. Dig deep and stop being a wimpy, pathetic, sad excuse for a human being. So anyway, this information was leaked. And this is a war. We are at war. I don't know how to uh, explain this more clearly. We are at war. The left is at war with the citizenry. And um, so, you know, Giuliani, I feel, I feel terrible for her. I do. But this is part of the problem. Are you ready for this? So now Giuliani's in full uh, apology mode. What did Giuliani do wrong? Well, she gave $250 to a cause she believes in. Freedom. There's no cause greater. And now she issues this apology. When a group of people first decided they were going to travel across the country to spread this message of solidarity, it seemed like a beacon of hope for small businesses like us. It's no surprise that small businesses have been on the edge. Families are at risk of losing their livelihood. I'm, I'm a sucker for a grassroots, grassroots cause. Never in our wildest dreams did we anticipate what has transpired over the past couple of weeks, she said. None of us anticipated what it turned into, and we certainly don't condone it. That's the most terrifying thing I've read today. Giuliani, God bless you. I pray for you, but we cannot cower like this. This is what they did with Joe Rogan. He did nothing wrong, but they bring the pressure on. They threaten you with violence, and you we're going to lose this war. We're going to lose this fight. We're going to lose our countries. We're going to lose our freedom. If when we come under attack, we do not stand firm and not budge. Giuliani just gave into their narrative. They claimed a scalp and they are emboldened and we are weakened. This is how they got away with the pandemic too. Shutting down businesses, but not all businesses, just the ones that they, you know, the middle class. And their effort to eradicate the middle class, just those businesses, not Amazon, not, not, uh, not the big ones, not 
Target, not Walmart. You can stay open because you give good money to Democrats. But you middle class out there that we're trying to destroy, we're shutting down your businesses. And what did the businesses do? They shut down. But you had a few people like that gym owner, what, in New Jersey? I forget his name. He stood up. He stood up. And every one of us must be willing to stand up like that gym owner. And I don't mean to sit here and be callous towards Giuliani. I understand she's doing and saying what she thinks, what she believes, and she's wrong. But what she believes she has to to say to recover her business, to accept the government lie and narrative. But that's a losing strategy. And what I want, the Biden regime, what I want the tyrants around this world to understand is this. People like me, staunch conservatives out there who understand the fights that is being waged against the citizenry, the more you attack us, the more you come for us, the more you fight against us, the more emboldened we become. I will never, ever give in to your attacks. I understand the landscape. I understand the game. I understand the battlefield. And what you tyrants don't realize, and you'll never learn, and that's to our benefit, is that we're made of strong stuff. The more you come for us, the harder we fight back. And you are bringing about your own demise. And that day cannot come soon enough. Most of us are not weak. Most of us understand the calculated risk. We understand your efforts to silence us. We understand who you are. You are naked before us in all of your tyrannical glory. And we understand that you are doing what you're doing because you fear us. You try to silence us. You try and end the Canadian protesters movement. You do this because you know you can't defeat it. You know that it threatens your tyrannical grasp that you have stolen and seized for yourselves, especially over the past two years. And we are awake. And more of us are joining the fight every day than you can stop. And the moment's going to come when every single citizen who loves their country and loves freedom is going to be required to make a stand and be disobedient. And because the government says so is not an excuse to go along. This is the civil rights movement of our time, but it's even greater than that because what the tyrant wants today is not limited to the color of your skin in terms of who they're discriminating against. It's about obedience to the tyrant or not. 
And that's what the vaccines were about too, by the way. You know, the reason they pushed and continue to push so hard for these vaccine mandates and for everyone in this country to be vaccinated is because they want control. Everyone must take the shots. They want obedience. They want to seize your autonomy, your body autonomy. They want a majority, a vast majority to be vaccinated, not to save your life, because they want an annual shot. This is the latest video from Project Veritas that came out with someone associated with the FDA letting the cat out of the bag. They want this to be an annual shot. They want your rights dependent upon taking that shot. Like auto insurance, you got to re-up every year. If you don't re-up the auto insurance, you can't drive your car legally. That's what the shot's about. If you don't get their latest vaccine, the latest shot, well, you can't enjoy your liberty. You have to get the latest shot to enjoy your rights. You have to re-up with the shot to prove you are a law-abiding citizen that is obedient to the government. And that's what this has been about from the beginning. And that's what it's about today. And that's why despite the scientific evidence that proves that the vaxxed and unvaxxed are no different, in the sense that the very simplest terms, it does not prevent the transmission of COVID. So to demand that someone get a vaccine that neither prevents the spread or contraction is insane. And the only explanation, well, it's been admitted. They need everyone to be vaccinated, to be obedient so that they can move forward and say, well, look, man, you've already done it. This is a part of your life now. You want to drive a car? You got to get the auto insurance. You got to pay the fee next year. Well, you all got the shot. This latest shot, you got to get it. You got to pay the fee for your rights and liberty. That's where this is going. And that's what this movement highlights in Canada. They understand it. The government fears it because that's what's at stake. They are looking to fundamentally transform the way we view our relationship with our government. And that is to look at ourselves as the subjects of those tyrants that want to rule over us. But we will resist. We will reject them. We will not comply. Do not comply. That's what we must do. Anyway, God bless you all. I was interrupted there by a lovely individual who rang my doorbell to drop off a package I didn't order. So anyway, moving along here, there'll be more to follow, more coming up. Uh, God bless you all. I hope you enjoy watching this premiere episode of The Drew Allen Show on Rumble. Yeehaw.